0: I have a bone to pick with Wonder Woman 1984, and it's not for the reason you
1: would think. And I was excited to hear another awesome score by Hans Zimmer. But wait, did he just use another composer's music? This is Cinematic Rotastic. Did we just get through an intro (laughs) without (laughs) without laughing? That was weird. Welcome back. This pandemic
0: sucks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are officially kicking off season four. Season four, baby! Cinematic protastic (laughs) Podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners. We enjoy doing it, so...
0: Unfortunately, this pandemic has kind of kicked our butts, and, and we haven't put out as many episodes as we've wanted to. And with the vaccine rolling out, hopefully we'll be able to... Get back in theaters and see movies like they should be. But that brings us to Wonder Woman 1984.
1: We didn't see this in the theater. It was released in theaters. I believe it's still playing in theaters. But for those of you who have HBO Max, their new releases are releasing same day on HBO Max. So a lot of people are watching the movies at home that are meant to be seen first time at the theaters we both watched this at home which is kind of weird it's not necessarily weird i mean the, the, there's more and more movies that are geared for the streaming formats but i think to me what was odd about this one was all the hype behind it was a theatrical release and that's normally the setting that i would have seen this movie in and then for it to be something that I watch at home, that yeah, I, so so yeah, to a degree, I think it was weird, but it's not anything new that that movies are releasing not in theaters on streaming services. So, yeah, it
0: definitely wasn't wasn't new. I think Bill and Ted Three released on on streaming services, and well, it wasn't streaming, but it was on demand, so it was kind of kind of the same. You could still watch it at home. I didn't. That's true. I didn't do that. I wanted to but I, I never never got around to, to doing that. So hopefully hopefully I'll be able to see that one soon. But today we're gonna to be talking about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. And as I said in in, in the beginning, I kinda of have a bone to pick. And it's not with the movie, it's with you, you listening, people out there. I feel like when this movie dropped on on in theaters and HBO Max almost from the get go, it was getting bad press this movie's not very good various it was just it was just everybody kept talking bad about it including you know my sister even our sister she she was saying bad things about it on facebook and it's just so and it's one of those things where a lot of people might say well don't read stuff online i wasn't looking for the information that was the thing i wasn't looking for it and i was purposefully avoiding it because i i didn't want to anybody to tell me this is the greatest thing in the world either because then i'll go in thinking it's the greatest thing and and i'd be disappointed but i couldn't escape the the hype and so when i saw when i finally got to see the movie because i I didn't get hbo max on christmas day when when the movie came out and it it wasn't awful but i didn't enjoy it
1: that much for for, for me i don't know if if i came at it from the with the same i guess perspective that you are as far as the being negative reviews i had seen that there were some negative stuff out there but i hadn't really delved into it yet my curiosity is would i've reacted the same way to this film had i seen it in theaters versus seeing it in a home setting
0: i could see how yeah the the viewing experience could have been could have been part of the problem i guess but I just I went into it and you know I uh, as as the credits started rolling and you know the first images started coming out I wasn't as excited as as I felt I should have been and I was already looking for okay what are what is everybody talking about where where are the bad special effects where where is the bad storyline all this stuff and all that and I just kind of came out of the movie with. You know, I didn't think, like I said, that it was awful, but I, I didn't think it was great. And so I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back and check it out again. And it was only available for a month, I think, on HBO Max. So I, I went back and I, I think I actually watched it on the last day it was available. Oh. <laughs> and it was fantastic. I, I enjoyed the heck out of, out of Wonder Woman 1984 when I watched it the second time. That opening sequence in the mall, where she's just taking out bank robbers. I mean, it's 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 kind of it was one of those situations where you know it's it felt kind of campy, but in a good way. And it was, it was just fun. And you know, the rest of the movie seemed seemed to move pretty pretty smoothly for me. And you know, and, and I get it. Yeah, the, the the villains weren't the greatest. Cheetah could have been developed a little bit more, I think, but You know, the first time she seemed really underdeveloped, but the second time she just seemed kind of mildly underdeveloped, and it was like (laughs) it's. I know that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it wasn't a huge, like you know, sore thumb uh, uh, of the of the viewing experience. And Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, like I, I really enjoyed the movie the second time around, and I feel like. If people would, and I, I get it. Maybe you just didn't like the movie, period, and that's fine. But I feel like if, if people would just hold off on the oh it's crap, you know, broadcasting that for the world, Facebook, Twitter, you know, uh, Rotten Tomato, whatever. Just maybe, just kind of like have a grace period. The first week, don't say anything. Or, yeah. or at least ju- just say like facts like this movie, you know, has a couple underdeveloped here, or there, whatever. But like, don't just don't just say it's it's an awful film
1: and try to avoid the snowball effect of. Yeah. And I, I feel like everybody's saying it's bad. So then it just catches on.
0: Th- this, that, that's exactly the thing. I feel like everybody just bad mouthed it. And so then people just kind of assumed that that's how they felt about it because everybody else is feeling the same way. And so, yeah, I I really liked Wonder
1: Woman 1984 the second time around. So we want to keep from allowing the, the, the bandwagon effect, so to speak, where everybody decides, well, everybody else is doing it. So I'm going to be I'm going to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, th- this is this is 2021. Everybody wants to be an individual. Don't jump on the bandwagon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder Woman bandwagon. Exactly. I agree with the the beginning of it. Going into it for me, I was really enjoying it and I enjoyed that first scene as well and it was fun to see the Wonder Woman character back cuz the first one I thought was a was a great film and a and a huge step forward for the DC universe as a whole. And again, I don't know if the the viewing experience added to some of my perception of this movie. Or not, I don't know, because uh, I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. I did not have the opportunity to see it a second time like Andrew did. Uh, but my my biggest takeaway from this that, that really kind of got under my skin is the movie soundtrack was performed by Hans Zimmer. And he's, I'm not going to say he's necessarily a, a John Williams but he's definitely up on that upper echelon of of music soundtrack composers you know he's he's behind Gladiator Batman trilogy for Christopher Nolan Inception you know he he's done some really in my opinion fantastic soundtracks that i i think he's yeah i mean i, I don't know if you
0: could say he's John Williams but i think he would be kind of like the current John Williams you know like, yeah like, John Williams was 70s and, and 80s. Now it's, it's Hans Zimmer's time. Yeah. And you know, I think his, his name is synonymous with people who aren't even huge uh, cinephiles, I guess.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people say in today's movie world, you have soundtracks that just go along and they're just forgettable. You don't remember them after you've seen the movie. Hans Zimmer is one of the ones where, for me at least, his soundtracks stick with me. And if I hear it on, you know, if I'm playing music and I hear his soundtracks, I'm like, I know that's Hans Zimmer and I know what movie it's from. So there's a point in in Wonder Woman that I feel was meant to be very impactful emotionally and was supposed to really kind of tug at your your heartstrings to a degree. If you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> there, there's a moment where she learns how to fly, and it's it, it happens shortly after her her love her her the love of her life the the Trevor character has died essentially a second time, and so she's dealing with this emotion of having to to live through him dying a second time. And and it was her choice. It was her too. choice.
0: She she had to basically say goodbye. Yeah, she had to choose
1: to make him go away. And so there's this moment now where Hans Zimmer, you you can write a beautiful piece of music that can take place in one of the most memorable moments of the movie. The most one of the more impactful moments of the movie, where she's learning how to fly with the with the in the clouds and the using her her lasso and and i understand because andrew when i talked to him about this he didn't catch this because he was not familiar with the piece of music i on the other hand caught that that there was a soundtrack from another movie used and for me it's a soundtrack that i love it's uh if you've ever seen the movie sunshine it's a dandy boyle film stars killian murphy and some other people there's there's lots of people in it that you're you're familiar with but there's a score to that film that is one of my favorite so to my surprise in the scene where she's learning to fly here comes this score from another movie and and to kind of give it some context sunshine
0: is essentially the the basic plot is the the sun is is dwindling and um they are on a mission to reignite the sun so that uh, Earth can not freeze over. And so it's it's a deep space movie kind of in the vein of like Alien, where they're just kind of trapped on this floating spaceship and bad things are happening as they're trying to yeah. save the world. And so
1: very different theme, <laughs> feel, yes. vibe, whatever. Well, yeah, Yeah, they're very different movies. Now, the the music that he that is that he chooses to use, I think for that type of emotion that you that I think he was trying to convey, it's a great song for that. And I think to somebody like Andrew, who has never heard the piece of music or I don't want to say you've never heard it, didn't stick out I, to you as somebody else's. Yeah, I think I've, it, I've, I've seen Sunshine, but I, I didn't remember the music like you did. I think it probably did convey what he wanted it to. And was probably a more impactful scene to you than it was to me. Especially watching it the second time. You you pointed it out.
0: And so I I was looking for it. But I either forgot or didn't think about it. Because when that scene came on, I mean, it's a beautifully shot scene. And the music does fit it perfectly. It it is a perfect, seamless matching, I guess, if you will. And... It's kind of interesting because if you're familiar with the learning to fly scene from Man of Steel, which is also in the DC universe and also done by Hans Zimmer, the sequence is very in your face, like very tight close ups and you don't really see Superman soaring. You just kind of see quick pans and whatever of of this kind of blurry image zooming over the countryside but in in wonder woman the camera was back further you could see like her whole body and she was kind of gliding and very graceful
1: and the music was very well matched that's what i'm saying is it it fits that scene but oh i'm watching wonder woman but i'm thinking about sunshine and it completely took me out of that moment and I wasn't able to to enjoy it to the degree I knew that that Hans Zimmer and uh, Patty Jenkins were aiming for. And I, I think it's really interesting
0: because, you know, Hans Zimmer created that wonderful Wonder Woman score from Batman vs Superman. And right. I mean, it, it was like, you know, when, when that movie first came out, I think that's the soundtrack that I went to the most. After, after that movie came out, I was like, I gotta hear that again. That da 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 is like very powerful, <laughs> and it was just like,
1: did you just get us in trouble with copyright? Uh, maybe. I'm I'll, kidding. I'm kidding.
0: And, and yeah, he's he's done all almost all the soundtracks of almost all, most of our favorite movies, and so it is kind of interesting that he would let somebody else do that, or not let somebody else, but have another piece of music in there, and it kind of just makes me wonder if the director wanted it there and he had no say, or or if he was like, you know, this song would work. <laughs> that's a horrible. I don't even know what he said. I mean, I've heard him talk, but I don't know if that's a good impression of him. The The other, and I thought it was interesting when you pointed that out, because there's another moment in the movie where he used, it was his music. So I didn't feel as offended, I guess, I'm I'm not sure if that's the right word, but bothered by it. But he did use a sequence of of music from Batman vs Superman in this movie. And it was at the end when Maxwell Lord was, uh, I guess, granting the wishes of all the people uh, in the world. And Wonder Woman was using her lasso of truth to show him that you know, obviously, granting everyone's wish is is making the world a, a a horrible place. And the music it fit well. That was the other thing is it fit really well. But it was from Batman vs Superman. It was yeah. it was basically the 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 scene where uh, young Bruce Wayne is lifted out of the underground cavern via bats
1: in a dream sequence from the opening of the film. <laughs> And yeah, and I did did not catch that myself, but I don't think that that's as big of an issue, at least for me, because it's from the same universe. You know, Wonder Woman's music was used in Batman versus Superman. You know, so that that has some continuity to it. It was just disappointing because knowing Hans Zimmer and his music and how much his music has impressed on me. It's just disappointing that he chose not to create his own iconic music for that scene. Cause if it was his own, like I just well, feel it, it's a, yeah, it's a missed a, a huge missed opportunity on his part. And, and you said, you just said it a minute, ago, a minute ago, was it a director's choice? Was it his choice? You know, I don't know. Uh, so there, there's that unknown. But if it was Hans Zimmer's choice, I, I, I don't understand. Seems very odd. Yeah, very odd. it would seem odd to, to, to go that route. But then John Murphy, who is the, the composer behind the piece that was used, you know, I bet he was thrilled to have <laughs> Hans Zimmer handpick his music yeah. and put it into Wonder Woman. You know, so there's two sides to it, I'm sure, of that decision.
0: I mentioned earlier that I kind of felt like, you know, Cheetah probably could have been developed a little bit better. Kristen Wiig's character, Barbara Minerva, and you kind of had an issue with Pedro Pascal's
1: Maxwell Lord. Yes, I and a second viewing might help this, and and maybe you can inform me if 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 I miss something, but I don't know if I understood the motivation behind what Pedro Pascal's character was doing. I mean, as the villain, I understood completely that he was granting people's wishes and that gave him power over those people. But what was his goal? What was, what was the end game? I mean, at the end of the film where he's granting millions of wishes via the the uplink and the satellites. So once Everybody gets their one wish, what does he now have? Is it just the fact that he has power? Is it you know, like it it didn't seem clear to me what exactly was his end game.
0: Now that you mention it, I'm I'm not quite sure exactly myself, but I I do remember him saying toward the end in the in the final sequence, he mentioned something about how as you make a wish I will take your life force and give me strength. And so he's getting power from them. Like he's stealing their life force to give him strength and I think you know cuz throughout the movie he's is like he he takes this thing and uh, that's this ancient wish granting rock basically and he tells he his wish is I want to become you. And so the thing becomes him and so he is the wishing rock and so every time that he uses his power or grants a wish it takes a toll on him physically and he you know he's got a bloody eye he bleeds from the ears his his nose is bleeding and and whatnot so I think toward the end he does say something like I want to take your power as you make wishes and then you know his ailments went away but well, yeah, like, I understood I, that. Yeah, it's it's not a clear motivation of, like, why, like, at first, like, he's seeking this out so that his, you know, business doesn't fail, but after that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like, personally, and this is where one of the things it could have done better, but I felt like they really wanted to use Cheetah, but but they, they didn't did know how to, to turn her into a cheetah. Turn her into a cheetah, yeah. And so they put in Maxwell Lord with and the did
1: the whole wishing and, you know,
0: thing. And you know, because because I'll be honest, if if they just started with this half cat, half human hybrid woman just out of nowhere <laughs> starts attacking Wonder Woman, and be like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> so, I I will say that that's that's an area of the film that could have been better. I think. But you know, I feel like well, that's one of those cut corners that, yeah, it would have been nice if it was more fleshed out.
1: But for the overall story, it kind of it just flowed all right. Well, I mean, it's it's it, it's not very often that I can think of where you don't, as the audience, know the motivation of the main protagonist. You know, you mean antagonist? Or yes, yeah, sorry, antagonist go to the Marvel movies and Thanos, you knew exactly why he was doing what he was doing. There wasn't a question of why is he wanting to do what he, you know, it was, you you knew what he was doing. And I think it helped because to a degree it made sense.
0: Yeah. What what this
1: bad guy was doing. Yeah. His his thing was,
0: it, it was awful what he was doing, but you kind of understood why. And, and
1: so, you, so, yeah, could, so with, you could argue his point to a certain extent. But with, yeah, the, with the Maxwell Lord character, yeah, I just didn't understand. Because you, you said before that initially it was he didn't want his business to fail. Well, that was fixed very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are so like, OK, once well, you got that stone, <laughs> he's done what I thought he was set out to do, but he's continuing to grant people's wishes you know but uh, I don't want to just rehash it all again and I, and I know once everything is fixed I, I guess you know part part of what 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 I I still have an issue with is after it's fixed he isn't even reprimanded all right let's go back to work <laughs> yeah oh he's gonna go reunite with his son we'll just let him let him be and and now obviously there could be Easily be something said in a later movie of you know he was arrested, I don't know, but it just seemed again the movie should have addressed what is his motivation, what is his end game, and once he stopped, he should have been you know reprimanded or caught or, or who knows what, but there there was no there was no finalization to his story. it was just he was put in there to make cheetah who she was and to give Wonder Woman somebody powerful to fight. But then there was no reason for him at the end. There there was like, well, we don't know what to do, so let's just let him reunite with his son and we'll go back to Wonder Woman. (laughs) How many tickets would you rate Wonder Woman 1984? It's going to fall into the – I don't have a list, so I I don't know for sure, but very few – movies that i've reviewed on this have not been two tickets (laughs) i feel like i give a lot of two tickets but this one i'm going to give it one ticket i did enjoy it i went into it and had fun with it the the scene where they're chasing the the caravan and that whole action sequence i thought was a lot of fun and there was a lot of good things that i enjoyed about the movie but it had had a couple of big points that we just talked about that I thought didn't didn't sit well with me, and I went into it with high expectations based on the previous movie. Anytime you're doing, you know, a part two, I know this is part of a larger universe. It's not necessarily a sequel to one movie. It's you know part of a bigger franchise, but it's part two of Wonder Woman, and sequels generally don't do better than the first one but i had higher hopes for this one and and it didn't meet the those hopes i
0: do give it two tickets i did thankfully watch this a second time and you know i i i thought overall it was it was good i thought the message was you know especially since wonder woman is a is kind of on a a different pedestal because she's a woman there's a a whole separate audience specifically looking up to her and that's, that's women and that's especially little girls. And so I, I thought that the, you know, the overall message about how cheating you, you cannot win by cheating and you know, it's it's evidenced in the opening sequence with the training thing or the race that she's doing and then obviously the whole the whole movie where everybody's wishing for what they want and they immediately get it and then they they can't really do anything with it and and they lose something uh, from from getting it without getting the work putting the work in so i felt like that was a pretty good message to to give to the, the young audience that was going to be looking at this movie probably for years to come. And, and I thought that was, like I said, it, this movie did cut some corners. The villain didn't get reprimanded. But in the end, he made up with his son. He, he returned everybody's wish back to where people weren't dying and, and other things. And so, you know, he did do the right thing. So there's that. And I I just felt like, you know, the the corners that were cut did kind of diminish the movie a little bit. But overall, enjoyment of the film, I think, was still there. And
1: I will be happy to watch it again. I, I know for sure it's a movie I will see again. But it's not one that I'm going to, like, rush to see again. But this was only a placeholder. For the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs> which, has an, which has an official release date. Yes. I am so excited. So have any of you uh, seen One Woman, 1984? Tell us what you thought of it. Did you pick up on the same things we did that maybe brought the film down a little bit? Or did you see things that maybe lifted it up? Let us know. Comments give us uh, a shout on on our social medias
0: yeah check us out on instagram facebook twitter and anchor.fm and as always until next time we'll see you at the movies and don't forget to check your ticket stubs